Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 113 of our 120-day Upper Room prayer campaign. And today we're going to pray that we might have the faith to trust the Lord. I think that in our heart, we all say that we trust God, but I think the bigger problem is that we've got to learn not to trust ourselves as much so that we can really put our trust in him. We've got to learn how to trust him more than we trust the works of our hands and the things that we've been conditioned throughout our lives to put our trust in. We know that God is faithful. We know that he is trustworthy, but it's hard for us as humans to truly give him our trust. And when we say that we have faith in him, what we're really saying is that we trust him. We trust in who he is, that he is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. Because the word of God says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And those that come to him must believe that he is God, meaning that he has all of the attributes of God and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him because you will only seek him if you truly trust in him. So we've got to learn how to trust in him, to trust in his wisdom, to trust in his faithfulness, to trust in his goodness, to trust in his decisions, to trust in his word, to trust in his plans, to trust in his promises, to trust in his leading, even to trust in his chastising. And I think that we finally start to move in this level of faith or trust When we gain trust in one main area, when we learn to trust in his love. Yesterday, we talked a lot about the winnowing wind of the Holy Spirit and how the purpose of why it was given was to purge us and to purify us. But I want to assure you that this is an act of love. It's not an act of control. So we can't get the wrong perception of who God is. Remember that when the Bible gives us the fruits of the Spirit, It literally is the character of God, because if we have his spirit within us, then it will produce his character through us. So we can look at those fruits and see that this is the character of our king. First off, love, then joy, patience, meekness, humility, kindness, long-suffering. All of these things are who he is. Yes, he is justice, but it's not him that brought sin and wickedness into the world. That was our sin. That was what we did. We brought death in. He made a way of escape from it. He was willing to pay the price. He gave his very life that we might be redeemed and brought back into the family, made his sons and daughters again because he so loves us. I want us to grab hold of this today so that we can learn to trust him. Because if we can learn to trust in his love, it will garner faith in every other area. Because if I trust that he loves me, then I can trust in his chastening. That it's for my good. That it's because he has something better for me. 
or that he's preparing me for a position or something that he has desired for me to walk in, but that I'm not ready for in the condition that I am. If I learn to trust in his love, then I will trust in his wisdom that it's really for my best and it will work out in the end to bring me an expected end, the destiny that he has planned for me. If I have faith, in his love if I trust in his love I will trust in his faithfulness to bring about his promises if I trust in his love I will trust the leading of his spirit it all comes back to trust in his love and we've got to fight to maintain faith in this this is why we fight the good fight of faith really the only fight in this fight of faith is the fight to maintain our faith to trust him have faith in his love, that his plans are good, that he knows what he's doing, and that he is working all things out together for the good, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Sometimes hardships and chastenings and strippings and wildernesses and all these things, they come into our life and we might say, where is God? He's so quiet or or this isn't the way I thought it would be. Sometimes it's because he's working things out of you so that he can give you better things or use you in the greater things. He's got to mature you. He's got to train you. He's got to teach you. He's got to equip you because he wants to use you. These hard situations arise, these trials and tribulations, these unforeseen, unexpected situations because that he is setting the enemy up for a fall by building his pride. In these times, it may look like you're losing or that you're forgotten, but trust him because he will flip it all against the enemy in an unexpected checkmate moment. God moves strategically through hidings and revealings. Sometimes he lets it look like you're losing a battle to position you to win a war. Trust him. He knows what he is doing. I love what David said in Psalms chapter 31 verse 12. Because you see, David, he had great promises from God. He was promised kingship. He was anointed and given position. But yet it seemed like everything had come against him. The very man that he would naturally think would need to position him was now trying to kill him. And he was running for his life, living in caves. What in the world was God doing? David had to choose to trust him and in the midst of this impossible situation while he was hidden and waiting for God to reveal him he penned these words of encouragement and I love them he said I am forgotten as a dead man I am out of mind I am like a broken vessel for I have heard the slander of many Fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me. They devised to take away my very life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. My times are in thy hands. In other words, he said, God, it's up to you when you decide to reveal me, to bring me into the promises that you have given me. He says, deliver me from mine enemies. And from them that persecute me, make thy face to shine upon thy servants. Save me for thy mercy's 
sake. He was encouraging himself in the Lord and stirring his own faith by reminding himself of the true character of God. He had to have trust in his love, in his faithfulness, in his wisdom, in all that God is. David encouraged himself by reminding himself of this. He said, O Lord, let me not be ashamed. O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed and let them be silenced. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the shelter of thy presence from the pride of men. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. Note how he is listing out all of the fruits of the Spirit and attributing them to God. His character, his kindness, his faithfulness, his patience, his long-suffering, his love, his faithfulness. And he even confesses as he continues, he says, For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications. When I cried unto thee, O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. So be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. What great encouragement. And I think that we all need to grab hold of this, that when the trials arise, when the testing of our faith comes, when things don't go the way that we thought that they would, or when the enemy rises against us like a flood and we are tempted to give up, and in our weakness and frailty, we cry out against God and say, why are you doing this? Why have you forsaken me? We need to stop and remember the fruits of the Spirit, that they truly are the character of our King. Not only does He want to produce it in us, but He wants us to trust that He is the root of it. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 22, it says, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentile, and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. And kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their face toward the earth, and lick up the dust of thy feet. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. If we will trust in our king and wait patiently, he is setting up 
a greater weight of glory on the other side of what he is doing. There may be a chastening. There may be a wilderness. There may be a Gethsemane. There may be a Passover. But it's not because he's cruel. It's not because he's mean. It's because he's setting up a greater weight of glory in the revealing, in the Pentecost, in the outpouring that is coming on the other side for those who trust in him. Trust in his love. Trust in his faithfulness. He knows what he is doing. And it's to bring you an expected end. It's not to harm you or destroy you. It's to prepare you and to position you for glory. Remember the story of Joseph. All that he went through and endured and everything that came against him seemed to be taking him farther and farther away from the promise that God had given him. But in God's great wisdom, he was using it to both train him and position him for the fulfillment, for the revealing, for the promise that he had been given. God's ways are not our ways. They are so much higher. They are perfection. They are perfect. And they are loving. We just have to learn to trust it. Because, my friend, I've seen in so many a situation, a testing, a trying of our faith, that when we stand in determination to trust in the Lord and to speak that thing forth, he turns everything around for our good and for his glory. Psalms chapter 28 verse 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. It is really quite a peaceful place to truly trust in the Lord, to know that when you are weakest, his strength is poured out on you all the more. When accusations, lies, slanders, plots, attacks, and manipulations rise up against you, you need not worry. For the Lord himself defends his own in impossible ways. There is a sweet assurance that for those who walk in righteousness, no weapon formed against them will prosper. That for those who are called, all things will work together for the good. And that those who carry God's anointing also carry his favor, protection, and provision. Though it is true that they be the most fought, they are also the most defended. As long as they stay on course and put their trust in him, he will be their shield and their buckler until their purpose has been fulfilled so that they can say, as Paul did, to live is beneficial to the cause of Christ. And to die is gain to me. So either way, I'm okay. In all things I am content, for I trust in the Lord. So ever will I sing his praise, for the joy of the Lord is my strength, so that I will not fear what man can do to me. The Lord is my defender, and I know this one thing that God always has a plan. Therefore I will sing, though all of hell assail me. Praise be to my king, for he alone is sovereign. He knows what he is doing. 
It is such a peace and a comfort and a strength to me to read First Chronicles 16, verse 21, which says he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sake, saying, Touch not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Sing unto the Lord all the earth, show forth from day to day his salvation. Let us praise his holy name. God, we thank you that you are so faithful, that you are God and you are able, that you are the king above all, that you are on your throne and you call us your own, that your hand of protection is over your chosen, your anointed, those who have called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, you have loved us with an everlasting love and you have not turned a blind eye to us because that we have humbled ourselves to you, bent the knee and said, Lord, lead us. We are willing to follow you. There is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing you cannot do. There is nothing impossible for you. I believe in you and you can do miracles to bring your will about, your destiny. You will be faithful to see the remnant through because you will always have a people to worship you. You will always make a way for those who trust in you. You are faithful. You do not change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what David said about you in the Psalms is still true today. You will not turn away from those who trust in you. I love the story of King Hezekiah in Second Kings chapter 18 because he was a man who trusted in God in the face of great impossibilities. In verse 30 of this chapter, we hear the words of the Assyrian general to the people as Hezekiah tried to encourage them to stand fast and trust in the Lord. He said, do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying that the Lord will surely deliver you and that this city will not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. This was the words of the enemy himself coming out of the mouth of a wicked man trying to cause the people to not take the counsel of a godly man because Hezekiah had encouraged them to stand and trust in the Lord. Yes, it's true. The king of Assyria had taken many cities in the region, even many Jewish cities, and now he had come up against Jerusalem itself. The people were beaten, broken, battered, and bruised, and many of them had begun to lose faith. Yet King Hezekiah encouraged the people to trust in the Lord their God. So the king of Assyria sent a messenger to speak before the Israelites and against the counsel of faithful King Hezekiah. This messenger of Satan exhorted the people to trust in the prosperity promised by the king of Assyria. The temptations, tools, and devices promised by the Pharaoh of Egypt and even in the assurity of the works of their own hands, anything but God. Because you see the king of Assyria, that archetype for the enemy of our faith, he knew that the people did not have to choose to serve him to be overthrown and put into bondage by him. If they would but choose to put their trust 
in any of these things, then they would take it off of God, their only true hope of salvation, and he would be able to overtake them. The enemy of your faith still does this today. He doesn't have to get you in outright open sin or rebellion. If he can get you to put your faith in any other thing, then he will cause you to take it off of God, who is your only true hope of salvation. And you will be overtaken. Oh, but faithful King Hezekiah, he ordered the people to ignore this messenger of Satan and answer him not a word. Don't fight, don't fuss, don't worry, don't even reply at all. Just pray, just pray, just pray. Don't do a thing or say a word, but trust in the deliverance of the Lord. In 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 3, we read, And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble, and of rebuke, and of blasphemy. For the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. It may be the Lord thy God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Assyria, his master, hath sent to reproach the living God. And will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Wherefore lift up thy prayer for the remnant that is left. You see Hezekiah had faith in God's faithfulness. To honor his word that a remnant would always stand. He believed that God would not refuse the prayer of a humble broken and contrite heart. That the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That his character never changes, but that everything he touches does. So Hezekiah cried out for God himself to intervene in this situation. For the people believed that they were at the point of victory by faith. But they had no strength left to fight for it and were few in numbers, being only a faithful remnant of the former congregation of Israel. And herein lies the true power of this story. They were a few. They were weary. They were weak. But they were faithful. They stood firm and refused to put their faith in Egypt or the things of it and be brought into bondage by it. They refused to put their faith in the works of their own hands and try to make their destinies come forth of their own works and actions. They refused to put their trust in the lies of the king of Assyria and be overtaken, overthrown, and overcome by him. They simply stood in the face of impossible odds and believed with impossible faith in an impossible God to do impossible things. And he did. In verse 35, it says, And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrian a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. You see, impossible outcomes require impossible faith in the midst of impossible situations. When it seems like all is lost and the enemy stands boasting against the abilities of your great and faithful God, 
and it looks like you're facing sure defeat. Stand, trust, believe, and you will see the salvation of the Lord. The weaker we are, the more his power shines through in doing that which there is no way that we could have done on our own. The more worn out, broken, beat down, and defeated you feel, the closer you are to seeing the glory of God dispatched on your behalf. So no matter how it looks, trust in the Lord. God, we give you praise and we declare today that we trust in you. Yes, we have fought a fight and the people have come to the birthing. We are right at the door and they have not strength left to bring forth. So I am saying what King Hezekiah said that day. I'm not going to put my faith in mammon or the works of my hand or the tools of Egypt or the lies of the king of Assyria that's trying to get me to put my faith in every other thing. I'm going to put my faith in my great God and king. I trust in his character, in who he is, that he never changes, but that everything he touches does, and that he is going to raise up a faithful remnant, because there always has to be someone in every generation that will speak the undefiled word of the living God. He will always stand for those who stand for him. In the end, he always brings forth a preacher of righteousness someone who will trust in him God we trust in you and we will do what good king Hezekiah said to do we will pray we will pray we will pray and when we cry out to you we know that you will hear because you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you and you will do what no man can do you will get you glory you will save the remnant you will prove that you are the same yesterday today and forever that you are unchanging that your faithfulness is from everlasting to everlasting. Oh, praise my God, because he is worthy, because he is good, because he is true, because he is faithful, because he is powerful, because he is the king of the impossible, because he's spoken promises, because he loves me, and because his word is true. And he will do what he said he will do. So that I can say with all faith, God, I trust in you. You will tear down the altars of Baal. You will cause your fire to fall in a tangible manifestation to be seen by this generation. That the foundations of their faith be shaken and the remnant not be overtaken the land will not be lost but we will stand and possess it and pray and praise and cry out to the God who protects it come Lord come destroy the words of the Assyrian that all who call themselves by your name will know that there is no need to fear him. So great is our trust in the love and the faithfulness 
of our God. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.